What's going on, people? If you are listening to this, yeah, Blizzard the Wizard, you did it. You are successful. We traveled through podcast time and space, and we are now here at the Baked and Awake Podcast. Blizzard the Wizard, good job, Kitty. Yes, I like this show. It's one would say it's high in knowledge on the subject. Other people might say it's very potent in knowledge. That's all. That's all the jokes I got. I'm not making up jokes, but. Yeah, I've got a podcast. You know, these guys are kind of the smart, intellectual, learning podcast. Mine's more of just the, the goofy shenanigans. So if you got a friend who you introduce to their podcast, man, all of a sudden they, they listen to it in one weekend and their brain just enhanced. It expanded from all this knowledge they gained because it baked in a podcast. It's, it's got some knowledge. And now this your buddy, he was probably like the dumb guy in your friend group, and now he's like the intellectually superior to all of you. He's the smartest one of you all. He starts acting like a jerk, and you gotta tie him down. You gotta force him to listen to a goofy podcast to dumb him back down to the man he used to be. Mine's the one for you. Like mine is perfect for that one situation. I think that's the only situation where mine is like this ideal situation. I mean, I can't even tell you what it's about because it's different every week. I have no idea what's going to happen then, but all you know, it's going to be me and Blizzard the Wizard. going to have some shenanigans. We're going to do some magic. She's going to promote some of her new products. Captain Perfection might show up. We might go get it some ring ring from shenanigans. Who knows? So, yeah, definitely check it out if you want to. No one's going to force you to. And if, if you guys choose not to, that's fine. Keep listening to this podcast, Baked and Awake. It's a good one. I recommend it. And obviously, you guys like it because you're listening to it right now. So, keep doing that. And if you want to check out my podcast, Not So Crazy Podcast of Blizzard the Wizard and Eli, if I never said that before. I don't think I did. Well, I shouldn't mention that it's a Not So Crazy Podcast of Blizzard the Wizard and Eli. Or else how would they know where to go, Blizzard the Wizard? See, that's why I'm not the, the brains in our operation. She is, but yeah, check it out if you, if you want to. Well, good morning. And it's going to be... Pretty tough following a introduction like we just got from our friends Blizzard the Wizard and Eli over at the not-so-crazy podcast of Blizzard the Wizard and Eli. Uh, you may have gathered from Eli's commentary there that his co-host is an adorable black-and-white kitty cat named Blizzard the Wizard, who... Uh, Serves as his, the straight man to Eli's comedic foil and straight girl, that is. I believe Blizzard the Wizard is a lady. Forgive me, Blizzard the Wizard. Anyhow, please check them out when you have a chance. They're a great change of pace from our show. Obviously quite silly, uh, but I think there's some surprising gems there in your not-so-crazy podcast there, my friend Eli, and I hope a few of our listeners go and check you out and hang out with you sometime soon. Thanks so much. Uh, Welcome once again, everybody. This is your friend Steve. This is the Baked and Awake Show. We're rolling into episode 16 this morning. I have a few fun stories to share with you today, and I'm on my own today for this episode, so 
we'll have as much fun as we can on our own here together. It's a little early in the morning on a Thursday here, and uh, hoping to record this today for you, edit it, and might even push it out a day early rather than waiting till Friday to publish for you. Um, so before I get into our agenda, as I like to do quite often, I need to get safe. So let's all get safe. I'm going to get ready to pause this track for just a moment. I think I'm going to roll one up this morning. And uh, you guys do the same. I'll come right back. I'll take you through what we're going to talk about today. We'll get safe together, okay? All righty. See you in a minute. Hey, everybody. All right. I think we're back together here. And, um... Yeah, I made such good use of my break that rolled one, smoked one, brewed some coffee, said hi to the family, and uh, rolled another bigger one to enjoy here with you guys. All right. Um, I want to start out with just a little bit of old business talking i want to revisit predictive programming disclosure and social engineering uh, as as terms you know to bring up at the front of the episode and really uh mention that what i really wanted to say here is that last week's episode personally it fell short of my ambitions for what i envisioned to be a decent if brief introduction to the topics of predictive programming social engineering and the disclosure of these things via the evolving platforms of popular media in all its forms. <clears throat> partially due to rambling, partially due to trying not, you know, intentionally trying not to spill over into a two-part episode, I severely truncated both my paraphrasing of Jay Dyer's excellent story and my own personal commentary, poor though it may be, in support of some of the observations made in the analysis that Jay wrote about Stranger Things and its occult symbolism. Um, this topic itself is huge. It's absolutely gigantic in scope, and it goes way beyond Stranger Things. Um, discussing it, you know, with a semblance, especially as a layperson, with a semblance of intelligence and any hope of understanding it, well, that certainly deserves more than an hour here, an hour there. So, uh, as I indicated at the time, we will be revisiting these topics, and more than once as we journey along together in our search for hidden truths that live in plain sight all around us. I'll be looking at a new piece of popular film or TV very soon that most of us are familiar with, that the title is TBD. Uh, but when we select it, we will do a bit more of a methodical rundown of what symbolism, what themes, what subtexts uh, I observe personally uh, in the, you know, watching of the film. 
uh, we'll also discuss the extent to which those elements recur in other films and TV, radio, web, you know, video productions today. Um, we'll also work our way, finally, after all that, towards an episode where we will hopefully enjoy the benefit of the deep personal insights and perspective of none other than Jay Dyer of Jay's Analysis. That's right, my dear friends. I'm very pleased and more than a tad nervous to admit that I received a message online recently from Jay in response to my own rather cavalier message telling him that uh, we had elected to use one of his stories from last year you know, to more or less build an episode around. Um, I sent this message after I hit publish, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, Mr. Dyer was more than merciful. Um, and despite my publish then announce... Uh, order of operations there he was more than gracious and suggested that we might even have him on our show as a guest sometime eventually uh, I was at some point able to get up off the floor where I had fallen and sent a reply to Jay with my serious heartfelt thanks uh, and a promise to work harder on this topic, the better to prepare for a future conversation with him. Needless to say, any of you who may be familiar with Jay Dyer's work, the size of his reach, you guys know that he can do nothing but help us grow our audience by appearing as a guest on this humble show. So due to that undeniable fact, I'll be seriously working on exploring these areas. Um, they've fascinated me for years already. Uh, but, you know, that is so that when we do have Jay on, we can hold up our end of the conversation just at least just a little bit. Um, all of this is a little ways out still. I don't want to talk out of school. I'm just very uh, pleased and excited, and I um, am sure that I can believe Jay at his word that he'll be... Uh, able to at some point sit down with us if we would like to do that with him which we do <laughs> uh and uh but you know i i think we'll we'll work on another episode on this topic first here on our own and spend some more time in this space and uh try to begin to sync up calendars and see if we can look forward to having jay on sometime early in the year maybe even in january i don't know yet i'm sure we'll be working with and around his schedule, which has to be busier than ours. So, and that's just fine. Uh, so that's probably my biggest, coolest news, but, uh, not, not too far behind that super stoked. Um, and want to thank my friends down at, uh, we got Dave Chaffee and friends down in sunny Australia at the man brain comedy podcast crew. Uh, th these guys have been, a lot of fun. We're members of a couple of different Facebook um, podcast, you know, sort of mutual support groups. Um, and uh, we both listen to each other's shows right now. Above all, Dave's really funny. The whole show is really funny. It's always different. It's, uh, 
you know, not being Americans while they're fun and they're male and they're hilarious and uh, goofy. Uh, you know, it's you've got the great Australian accents, uh, mild though they might be at, at times. You can hear it here and there. It's really funny because at first I didn't realize they were Australian. Um, but the references and the the perspective that they have on, you know, what's going on in the world, including here, uh, is a lot of fun. So, uh, you know, they're... They're not just better than a kick up the backside. They might even be better than a ham sandwich. So if you haven't heard them yet, pop on over to Man Brain Comedy Podcast after this show. Uh, have yourself a Captain Cook with your ear holes. And if those remarks were a little cryptic sounding to my normal listeners, I only hope they make a little more sense to our mates down under. Because all that shit I just looked up on the internet and it's probably total malarkey. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, uh, let's see here. In something of a personal first for me, I also want to share with everybody, I was just interviewed uh, for the first time ever. Um, I was interviewed as the second half of um, the latest episode of Supernormal Podcast by Sam Sedlak. Uh, that this episode came out earlier this week. Uh, iTunes, Podbean, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You can find it lots of different platforms. Sam and I discussed perspectives on growing up mixed race and adopted, uh, and my experiences now raising a mixed race family of my own. Uh, I think Sam managed to help me sound pretty coherent, uh, and like I wasn't completely choked up for the entire conversation, which I was. Uh, I did thoroughly, I thoroughly enjoyed being part of this show. I really did. And uh, the young woman that Sam interviewed for the first half of the episode, she had an awesome story and perspective that she shared as well. It was an awesome experience for me. Uh, got me thinking about pursuing a few avenues of investigation, actually, into my own biological family. Uh, I've yet to make contact with any members of my biological family. Um, so, uh, but yeah. Uh, please, if you'd like to learn a little bit more, you know, about Steve the person, uh, you could pop on over, give Supernormal a listen. Uh, while you're there, hit that subscribe button, um, put Sam's amazing podcast into your daily listening roster. Um, I don't think you'll regret it at all. Uh Last but not least, by way of, you know, little announcements there, um, I really want to verbally thank Auntie Luode of Auntie's Music. Uh, Auntie posted an enormous and continuously growing folder of instrumental, royalty-free music uh, in a podcasting subreddit that we're both members of. Uh, so I really want to thank Auntie for their wonderful contributions to the quality of our show and so many other projects. Um, you can find more of Auntie's work at... Uh, they have a blog at aunties, A-N-T-T-I-S, music.blogspot.fi. I bet you that's Finland. All right. Uh, so I've got this lovely cannabis joint rolled up, ready to go. Uh, we are going to queue up a little aunties background tunage to give us some atmosphere for the next little story. So while you should hopefully barely notice it, I'm going to hit a button, come back, 
drop some tunes behind me here, and we're going to talk about the FDA, who says that cannabis doesn't cure cancer, and we need to stop saying that it does. Okay. We're back. Hopefully that was painless for everybody. We're going to jump right in and talk about our first story of the afternoon here, which is pot doesn't cure cancer and stop saying it does, according to the FDA. And this is straight from NBCnews.com in their health section. Uh, I won't read you the whole article, but marijuana doesn't cure cancer. It has not been shown to somehow explode tumor cells or promote the growth of new brain cells, the Food and Drug Administration said on Wednesday. This came out on November 2nd, 2017, by the way. The FDA warned four companies to stop making these unproven claims and to stop selling cannabis-based hemp and marijuana products that claim to treat cancer or any other medical condition. Quote, substances that contain components of marijuana will be treated like any other products that make unproven claims to shrink cancer tumors, FDA Commissioner Scott, Dr. Scott Gottlieb said in a statement. The FDA says it is not trying to shut down the sales, just to stop sellers from making unproven medical claims. Seems fair. Quote, we don't let companies market products that deliberately prey on sick people with baseless claims that their substances can shrink or cure cancer. And we're not going to look the other way on enforcing these principles when it comes to marijuana-containing products. Goes on to say, medical marijuana is legal in 29 states as well as in Guam and Puerto Rico. Whoop, whoop. Studies have shown that it can have some benefits in reducing anxiety, counteracting some types of nausea, and that it may relieve some symptoms of glaucoma and multiple sclerosis. A cannabis derivative called cannabidiol, cannabidiol, excuse me, or CBD for short, has been shown to help kids with a severe form of epilepsy called Dravet syndrome, and perhaps it can help treat Parkinson's disease. A related link embedded in the story shows pediatricians urge legalizing medical marijuana. The federal government still regulates marijuana as a controlled substance, as we well know on this show. But the Obama administration had had a policy deferring to the states to regulate on it. With loosening enforcement laws, states and clinics have escalated offers of various marijuana and hemp-based treatments, including many selling CBD oils or creams. So, the article goes on to talk about the FDA coming down on, you know, four companies in particular. Uh, CW, the proliferators of the Charlotte's Web strain, CW Botanicals, Natural Alchemist, Green Roads Health, and that's natural marketing and consulting. So consider that my plug for all four of those defendants in these cases. Uh, the FDA, you know, considers their claims unproven and uh, 
you know, they could discourage patients from using treatments that would help them. <clears throat> Chemo? I don't know. Uh, you know, quote-unquote, there are a growing number of effective therapies for many cancers when people are allowed to illegally market agents that deliver no established benefit. They may steer patients away from products that have proven anti-tumor effects that could extend lives. So, yeah, you know, little personal opinion there. You know, I feel like this is just the continued... Um, you know, last resistance before additional studies and testings, test uh, uh, trials do shortly begin to become approved, both in the United States and elsewhere in North America and around the world. Uh, I think the days of denying the efficacy of cannabis in its many forms... Uh, are coming to their close, uh, but we're seeing continued management of perception and reputation uh, here, you know, always couched in terms of uh, protecting people and saving people's lives. But, uh, you know, as I said, that's that's my personal opinion there. Um, <clears throat> the, you know, the companies that and the stuff that I didn't cover in the article is much of that back and forth, the the discussions of the benefits of, uh, the stated benefits of uh, cannabis uh, therapies in many diverse uh, uh, forms and places uh, cited by different people. And then, of course, the uh, FDA's, you know, new speak about the risks and dangers of uh, choosing it over, you know, traditional drug-based therapies, so Western drug-based therapies. So uh, another related article here. Uh, embedded in the NBCnews.com article says, related, cannabis-based drug reduces seizures. So I love that the two articles that are, you know, embedded in the article are both vaguely promising uh, cannabis headlines and, and inviting you to read on to learn more about that. So that's a little balance from NBC News there, I think, uh, sort of placed in the midst of that uh, piece on the FDA. But there, we, there you have it. Uh, as always, that'll be included in our notes. And I invite you to look into that further, track that story further. Um, there are a few other interesting stories about our government agencies and a few statements that have come out with cannabis, and, and, uh, as, and particularly as pertains to medical cannabis in the last few days. So uh, next up, <clears throat> we're going to talk about something kind of fun a little bit different more on that awake side of things here uh got a businessinsider.com article i stumbled upon a few days ago and i've been uh sitting on but i just loved it here this is uh written by mar masson mac the next web uh from the next web uh came out on october 26th so not super duper fresh maybe a couple of you've heard this one but the founder of Pirate Bay uh, says, quote, Mark Zuckerberg is basically the biggest dictator in the world. So that's Pete, Peter Sund, uh, Pirate Bay co-founder Peter Sund. He talked to the Next Web about uh, this. And uh, so let's see here. Where's the best quote? Here we go. Dropping in. All right. So in Sund's opinion. 
people focus too much on what might happen instead of what is happening. Okay, the, the beginning of the article talks about sort of, you know, oh, Facebook's got your info. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we got it, you know. And how did that happen? But it's, it's happened, and here it is. So uh, in Sun's opinion, people focus too much on what might happen instead of what is happening. He often gets questions about how a digitally bleak future would look like. But the truth is that we're living it. Quote, everything has gone wrong. That's the thing. It's not about what will happen in the future. It's about what's going on right now. We've centralized all of our data to a guy called Mark Zuckerberg, who's basically the biggest dictator in the world as he wasn't elected by anyone. Trump is basically in control over this data that Zuckerberg has, so I think we're already there. Everything that could go wrong has gone wrong, and I don't think there is a way for us to stop it. One of the most important things to realize is that the problem isn't a technological one. Quote, the internet was made to be decentralized, says Sund. But we keep centralizing everything on top of the internet. To support this, Sund points out that in the last 10 years, almost every up-and-coming tech company or website has been bought by the big five. Amazon, Google, Apple, Microsoft, and Facebook. The ones that manage to escape the reach of the giants often end up adding to the centralization. By that, they probably mean like the Teslas and the others. <clears throat> and, you know, some of those are just spinoffs of the big five anyway, right? Blue Origin and our space race companies going on right now. SpaceX. Quote, we don't create things anymore. Instead, we just have virtual things. Uber, Alibaba, and Airbnb, for example. Do they have products? No. We went from this product-based model to virtual product, to virtually no product whatsoever. This is the centralization process going on. Although we should be aware that the current effects of centralization, aware of that the that there are the current effects of centralization, a little bit of a glitch in that article writing there, we shouldn't overlook that it's only going to get worse. There are a lot of upcoming tech-based services that are at risk of becoming centralized, which could have a huge impact on our daily lives. See, that's a telling statement there, and it's one of the least ominous-sounding but let's read that again. Although we should be aware that there are current effects of centralization, we shouldn't overlook that it's only going to get worse. There are a lot of upcoming tech-based services that are at risk of becoming centralized, which could have a huge impact in our daily lives. And that's those same services he was just talking about, those Airbnbs and those Ubers. When... <clears throat> When that becomes the de facto solution for moving around a city and the city planning changes because of that, then everyone's, like, 
former definition of what they thought free movement around the city, the city, any of our developed areas in North America, around the world here, starting, you know, here, we're just talking about our backyard here, and these companies we're talking about are all right here in our backyard piloting these programs in our various regions here up and down the west coast of the United States and in different test markets around North America and here and there. Um, changes forever. You know, there are people delivering other people's food every day right now to folks all over the place in metropolitan areas. And I don't just mean the pizza guy. You know what I'm talking about. There's all these weird bespoke, you know, meal planning services anymore. Amazon and all these guys, they want to deliver your food for you straight to your home. A lot's happening fast, and then never mind the Internet of Things. They want to put order buttons on every replaceable, consumable product from light bulbs to toilet paper in your home. And I don't mean want to. They're doing it. It's happening. We've got them. <laughs> They're a feature. So, you know, uh, to wrap on this subject, uh, a couple more little excerpts from the article. <clears throat> Quote, we're super happy about self-driving cars. But who owns the self-driving cars? Who owns the information about where they can and can't go? See, this is speaking exactly to my point, and maybe I was uh, being... Uh, Prescient, because I had read this article already once before. But uh, I don't want to ride in a self-driving car that can't drive me to a certain place because someone has bought or sold an illegal copy of something there. You know, or I was thinking because somebody defined an area as private property arbitrarily that wasn't private property a week ago, or somebody, you know, uh, shuts wants to shut down a certain part of the city, maybe a you know the government for any reason, emergency or otherwise. Um, you know, the first thing they could do is send out an order to reroute self-drivers, taxi cabs, airport shuttles, etc., around that area, mass transit around that area. All boom, gone. You know, they don't have to give it a second thought. They could take, you know, 10,000 vehicles out of a square mile in a moment. <clears throat> so, interesting to me. Um... So, yeah, and, you know, so this this founder of Pirate, Gate, Pirate Bay, you know, believes that this is a realistic scenario, as frankly do I, and uh, as companies will always have to put their financial gains first before the needs of people and societies. And we've seen this already a couple of times with Uber and a couple other companies with surge pricing and weird stuff happening in you know, times of emergency, price gouging happening in times of emergency, airlines looking at you, you scumbags, uh, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, you can tell Steve doesn't fly much these days. I don't, not ever since 9-11, I've flown about twice. So, um, and not because I'm afraid of flying. So, just too many liberties given up there for that type form of travel. Uh, and as, as speaking of liberties given up, uh, you know, we have a, a question. Feeling a bit optimistic, I asked Sund whether we could still fight for decentralization and bring the power back to the people. His answer was simple. No. 
we lost this fight a long time ago. The only way we can do any difference is by limiting the powers of these companies, by governments stepping in. But unfortunately, the EU or the U.S. don't seem to have any interest in doing this. So there's still some chance for a less awful future, but it would require a huge political effort. However, in order to achieve that, the public needs to be informed about the need for decentralization. But historically, that's not likely to happen. So, uh, great article. There's a little bit more there. I, I won't read it all for you. Uh, I encourage you to read this one on your own. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's... Uh, all too true pretty much everything he has to say there in that article and a lot of what we will get into over time in the show will naturally touch on all of these matters because these you know while not conspiracies at all are often treated as such by our you know well-meaning friends and neighbors who just want to live their lives and who are really enjoying their Alexa, their Google Home, their Nest, their Fitbit, their Tesla Model 3s that are starting to show up in people's driveways here in the Northwest now. Um, I mean, this stuff is marvelous, but it's coming at a cost. It's coming whether we want it or not. So, good times. All right. So, having just sort of talked about our friends over at Facebook and their sort of pervasive kind of presence in our pockets, I would love to help us all out by teaching us how to avoid being tracked by Facebook. found a couple different articles on this, and you could Google this so, so readily uh, online. Um, but I found this at gimletmedia.com in their news section. And, uh, you know, they have sort of a uh, top, it looks like a top 10 list kind of, of what to do here. It's actually like a top 7 list. <clears throat> and it's pretty good. It's pretty good. First... First off the top is number one. Uh, so the, let me give you there a little intro. On this week's episode, we talked quite a bit about the ways Facebook, in concert with a bunch of other companies, can track you on and off the internet. Here are a number of ways to keep that from happening. Okay, uh, Every one of us who has a phone in our pocket these days, and Amazon Prime, Facebook, etc., is seeing targeted ads all day, every day, that are like eerily telepathic right they're they're picking shit right out of your brain sometimes it seems like well no they're picking them out of your facebook messages your text messages between you and your friends and every you know uh probably every comment that we put out on instagram and, and facebook so uh number one delete your facebook account boom they say i'm sorry i know this is annoying but this is the simplest way to keep facebook from advertising to you but if you're like the rest of the world, 
and use Facebook to talk to your relatives, there are other options. Two, install an ad blocker. They in, uh, they uh, recommend Adblock Plus, of course, and then they have a couple other links to options because there's been controversy with Adblock Plus. All right, much more exciting than that, though, is the next one, number three, Facebook Disconnect. This is a browser extension. I tried this in Chrome. I was able to find the extension in the Chrome web store really quickly, installed it in seconds, as all the Chrome browser extensions do. Um, and this blocks Facebook's pixel from loading when you visit a site that has it installed. Uh, Facebook will no longer know where you're going on the internet when you leave there. Okay, that's one of the biggest ways that they track us is checking the very next spot that you go to because I don't think they're allowed to tunnel after us like two, three sites down the line per se. <clears throat> okay, here's the best one though. So Facebook Disconnect, you can get that for Chrome. You can probably get that for a few other browsers. Look for that one. Number four, though, and this is the one that I also looked into, ended up installing, and it's another extension, and I'm running this one now. I love it. I, I actually uninstalled Facebook Disconnect, and I'm running an app called Ghostery. If you're looking for something a little more powerful than Facebook Disconnect, Ghostery is a browser extension that will scan a website as it loads and show you all the tracking cookies that load with that site, and it really does. Uh, including Facebook Pixel. It also gives you the option to prohibit those cookies from running across the internet. And it, and it also allows you to turn on or off any of those tracking cookies or pause itself really readily. You can turn it on and off if it's fucking with any of your forms that you're dealing with or a web forum or a chat that you're in because you'd be stunned all the different things that run little weird bots and threads on us as we go through our internet experience to keep things moving smoothly behind the scenes but at the same time a lot of it can be turned off without you noticing any top level lack of functionality at all so uh, I'm loving this ghostery thing uh, one of the last suggestions they have here is you know change your settings on Facebook and I've done a ton of that you know just lock down all your privacy settings on Facebook and I'm not even going to go into that if you haven't figured out how to look into your Facebook privacy settings and really understand what you're broadcasting or not broadcasting on Facebook I won't say I'll leave you high and dry I'll say let me know if you care to have us bother to talk about it at all but otherwise I would just recommend really look into it and, and you know look on YouTube look just literally Google it um, you know how to how to make my Facebook more secure and you're gonna get some worthwhile uh, links on that so um, so couple of the last options they give you here is opt out with data brokers directly. So they have a page here that they give you a link to. They say, Steve Satterfeld, a Facebook manager of privacy and public policy, says that users who don't want that information to be available to Facebook should contact the data brokers directly. Again, the data brokers will still be collecting your data, but if you opt out, they will no longer share that data with the third-party companies like Facebook or anyone else. There are dozens of these kind of companies, but Facebook has a page where you can opt out directly with all of the data brokers they work with. That's the link they give you here. Um, and then if you scroll to the bottom of that page, uh, when you follow that link, you get to some links to the opt-out options that you need. Uh, last one, uh, this is a good one and crucial, and I did this on my phone, uh, but actually I did it, I went one step further, I deleted the Facebook app off my phone. I, I access it through like mobile browsers, but if you if you got to have the Facebook app on your phone because you need to access Messenger, uh, or think you need to access Messenger that way, which you do not, you can get it through the mobile browser, you just need to request the desktop site, and you can do that through the top 
uh, right-hand corner of most browser windows, the three dots will usually bring up that option. Um, little side note there. But um, you can uh, basically turn off the app's access to the microphone in uh, your settings. So, you know, on your iPhone, it's like settings, privacy, microphone, and then you find, any, you know, the whole list of apps that have access to your mic, and you can turn all of them on and off. But Facebook's a great one to turn off since they're just so nosy so uh similar on similar path on android android users are smarter so i'm not even going to tell you guys how to get to your settings you guys got that all right so yeah get unplugged from the facebook stalking it feels good it's liberating i love it Uh, it's just one small step it's nothing you know it's not uh it's not a big deal but it, it feels like you did something for yourself all right, I think our last story here is worthy of a fresh song, yep. All right, I called it Real Live Rats of Nim in my Instagram post earlier today about the episode. And uh, as always, my pop culture references inevitably date me. Many of you who are closer to my age will remember The Secret of Nim, a, uh, who is that famous animator, Bloom, uh, I'll look it up, uh, but The Secret of Nim was a book first, and then turned into a color animated feature film in the early 80s, about super intelligent rats and mice that escaped from a cruel uh, laboratory scenario that they had been bred in and modified in to cultivate their intelligence. And uh, came across an article earlier this week in three or four different places, but it seems like Fox News might have reported this first. Maybe they didn't break it. Maybe uh, like three or four places are also referring me back to Fox. So they've got this story. Take it for what it's worth. Quoting NBC News and Fox News today. (laughs) But the headline says, Scientists implant tiny human brains into rats. Sparking ethical debate. What? Yeah, so, oh, this is good. Nearly four years ago, scientists in Vienna discovered that they could create organoids. Lentil-sized blobs of human brain tissue from stem cells. The revolutionary discovery has helped advance research on human brain development, Alzheimer's, and the Zika virus. These human brain organoids existed solely in test tubes until this past weekend when two teams of neuroscientists reported successfully implanting these cells into the brains of rats and mice. I know. I know, you guys. Nobody called me either. Nobody's checking in with us on this. They're just doing stuff now. Okay? And they've been, by the way. So uh, let's not be too surprised. All right. So uh, 
It goes on. The scientists also observed neurological activity when they shone a light in the rodent's eyes. Connected neurons lit up in the implanted organoid. Other labs reported connecting the human brain organoids to blood vessels in the rodents. Despite the discovery's potential medical contributions, many scientists are questioning the ethics of this controversial experiment. You don't say brings up some pretty interesting questions, quote, about what allows us ethically to do research on mice in the first place, namely that they're not human, biologist Josephine Johnston of the Hastings Center told Stat News. Quote, if we give them human cerebral organoids, what does that do to their intelligence, their level of consciousness, even their species identity? Currently, the restrictions on such experimentation are blurry, and the National Institutes of Health has issued no ban on implanting human brain organoids. Wow. We're entering totally new ground here, says Christoph Koch, president of the Allen Institute for Brain Science in Seattle, in an interview with Stat News. Quote, the science is advancing so rapidly, the ethics can't keep up. While skeptics question the future consequences of creating more human-like rodents, other scientists believe that the research is not yet advanced enough to create an ethical or moral dilemma. I don't know about that, but... Some of what people warn about is still science fiction, Dr. Isaac Chen, a neurosurgeon at the University of Pennsylvania, said. Right now, the organoids are so crude, we probably decreased the rat's brain function. Well... Also not totally surprising that that kind of sounds <laughs> potentially accurate too, but uh, Frankenstein shit, guys. Frankenstein. Chen believes that organoid experimentation is invaluable as it could be used to treat brain injury, stroke, and potentially schizophrenia and autism. Legal scholar and bioethicist at Stanford University, Hank Greeley, says that even though these organoids are extremely restricted within the confines of a small mouse brain, scientists still must consider the rights of something, quote, human-ish and determine what that means. At this point, scientists doubt that these organoids could create the feeling of, quote, being a human trapped in a rodent's body, but some believe that an eventual Quote, Frankenstein situation is not entirely unlikely. I didn't read this whole story to the end. This is a different source than I originally found on this uh, that I grabbed for tonight, so that's funny. Um, at some future point, it could be that what you've built is entitled to some kind of respect, really said. Noting Mary Shelley's novel specifically, Greeley added, I think that story is relevant to what we're talking about. So there you have it. That's the some of the latest frontiers in, I don't know if we call that neuroscience. If it's... Uh, related to transhumanism, if it's simple medical research and totally on the up and up, or if it forebodes things far more sinister seeming to come. But uh, that is happening right now. And uh, I thought we should talk about it just a little bit. 
All right, everybody. Well, gosh, all right, we get to relax for a second here at the end. Uh, all our stories are concluded. Let's take a quick puff together, okay? Put some fresh in here. And then I'm going to sneak over to our iTunes reviews and try to take a quick peek and thank one or two people who dropped us a review in the last few days. Because any podcaster in the world will tell you that iTunes reviews, especially good ones, they they feel like money. They feel like they're almost better than money. I don't know yet, but they're good. And we like to get them. Let's see here. So, I really love and appreciate all my friends who have still been coming through and dropping little reviews, but a couple new people who I really appreciate saying hi. Uh, Dr. Toboggan, Brent, a.k.a. Brent from Hysteria 51 Podcast. Bro, thank you. He says, excellent show. Keep it up. Dropped five stars on us. Thank you, Brent, so much, brother. They have a great really cool podcast and it's all down the same alley that we love so much all this great conspiracy stuff so uh super fun listening and i will be tuning in more guys uh ginger ann leaves me five stars and says great new favorite podcast ginger ann you're my new favorite listener thank you so so much wonderful um then on saturday five stars by Bloodbird26, who says, Oh, Sweet Leaf, the podcast equivalent of a Sabbath riff. <laughs> and finally, Roxy Zeve on Monday leaves. Very chill listening. I was so relaxed listening to your voice, which is one of my favorite things to look for in a podcast. Well done. Thank you, Roxy. And uh, well done on that review. That was very flattering, very complimentary. Thank you so, so much. Um, yeah, everybody, that's just super fun. So much fun. So gratifying to see things like that in the iTunes store to make the progress that we did last month on our downloads. Just loved the whole month and really enjoyed making that content with you look forward to so much more cool stuff coming this month um there are things i haven't even brought up yet there are shows i'm going to be doing together with george and paulu i'm sure uh the guys you know are both looking forward to coming back and getting back in the mix uh here on the show um and i'm you know can't wait to have them back talking to a bunch of great friends who I'm looking forward to having on the show. I have the already planned and mentioned uh, upcoming interview with Sam Sedlak, talking podcasts and talking uh, some other subjects, uh, cannabis-related, East Coast, West Coast kind of stuff. Um, and, uh, yeah, going, uh, oh, yeah, I, I talked to another guy for another podcast. I'll tell you all about that next time. 
I'm really excited about that interview as well. Because uh, I said I got interviewed once, and it was the first time, and that was totally true. But I got interviewed twice, you guys. It's crazy. Uh, just in the last few days. So uh, just loving the podcast community, loving the podcast um, experience and craft. I hope everyone's enjoying the journey with me together. One of the last things I want to mention today is as much for our future, hopefully future uh, fans and listeners that discover these podcasts a year from now when there's hopefully 50 or more of these up and published that you can enjoy as a new discoverer then. Um, Because I want to let you folks know that we do have a Baked and Awake show podcast Patreon page. Um, you know, it's not something that I'm worried about heavily today, you know, in November of 2017, I'm still totally down with, you know, uh, absorbing the costs of the web hosting and my website and everything that goes into making this podcast. Cause it's my project. It's a pet project. Um, I'm trying to build something that is worthwhile content that people really actually do get to a place of enjoying so much that they're asking for us to continue to create it and to create it at an ever-increasing, you know, tempo and at an ever-increasing level of quality, which are all things that are totally aligned with my long-term vision for the project. I think we have a lot of fun material that we can explore together in the coming years. And if anyone at all cares to become one of my very first patrons uh, in these coming weeks and months, you can find us at www.patreon.com slash baked and awake show. And you can support us for as little as $1 an episode, which will get you thanks on air in a show. It'll get you a hand-drawn greeting card by me which is something that I do for my family here quite a bit. Um, And anybody who follows me on Instagram knows I have a lot of fun doing those, and I'm not a skilled artist by any stretch of the imagination, but we do have fun making those cards. And I would love to make a card for any of you who'd love to start supporting the show at any point in time. There's a couple other tiers of support there at the Patreon page built in as well. Like most podcasters, we will be creating special content and special episodes that will be released just to our Patreon supporters. And while that is in absolutely no way punitive to everybody else, what it is is a way of saying a special thank you to those folks who feel such a strong connection to the show and the content that we're creating here that they actually want to reach into their own pockets and send us a little something to help us uh, feel good about keeping on going and, and keeping this uh, little train rolling down the tracks here in Baked in Awake Land. So that's the end of this pitch for now. And you won't hear about the Patreon page every single episode from me or in the long, um, you know, plaintive uh, pitch such as this. This is just kind of a quick announcement about it. And I hope that in the future it'll be something that is, you know, a small part of the puzzle that might be how to make this a sustainable project that can grow and evolve and become more than it even is right now. Uh, So that's our hope for that. And uh, in the meantime, 
you know, any of the things that I talk about, whether it's reviewing us and subscribing to us, if you've already subscribed to us and you've already reviewed us, we love you. You can still help us. You can share us. You can literally put us out in your timeline, in your feeds, and it means twice as much when you do it than when I just spam and spam and spam on my social media accounts. Um, you know, if you guys pass it along once in a while with a sentence or two, hey, I listened to this. It's actually fun. You should check it out sometime. Each of you has hundreds of contacts on all these different social media platforms, and I promise you somebody's going to click through and join us here. And they might even let you know that they found it because of you and they appreciate it. And how cool would that be? Um, I know I look forward to growing this community and to spending more time here with all of you. Uh, this winter, we have a lot of fun stuff planned, as I've already indicated at the beginning of this episode tonight. I'm going to wrap her up now, though. I've been chiseling away at this episode all day long. We're going to get it edited for you and get it out. And we'll do it all again next week. Okay, everybody. Well. I'm eyeballing this beautiful green bowl over here. That I packed for myself while we were talking. And I think I'm going to enjoy it while I edit this episode. And I'm going to leave you guys to it as well. So, until we meet again, please, always, remember, smoke indica, do shit anyway.